You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. It's a great football team with a lot of moral fiber and a lot of character, and they show it. Shout a Buffalo football podcast hosted by Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot. No place else you'd rather be than right here, right now. When it's too tough for them, it's just right. Presented by Syracuse.com and NYUP.com. The Bills make me wanna. Everybody was so patient as the Buffalo Bills waited. What would it end up being? About two hours? Almost right? two the, hours. After the 4 p.m. deadline. Um, pretty. Oh, yeah. I've, I have the video in my headphones here. That's why it's all weird. But it, it gave us time, Ryan, because I got to go over to Tops and visit the burger bar. And uh, no, I'm just kidding. I had a bunch of people tweeting at me being like, uh, I'm going to head over to tops and hit up the burger bar. I'm like, yes, you have plenty of time to do that because we don't know, uh, if there's an end in sight here to, uh, waiting for the bills roster, but we finally have it. There's a lot to get into tops, fresh burger bar with over 30 varieties of beef, turkey, chicken, plant-based and gourmet blend burger burgers, ready to grill tops. Fresh burger bar has you smiling all summer long for as much summer that is left. Speaking of summer running out, that means that falls almost here, Ryan, we're under two weeks until the opener, and we have a 53-man roster. Your biggest takeaway at the jump here? Uh, my biggest takeaway is when you, when you ignore the, the two names of players that are probably going to come back on the roster tomorrow, I don't think there are many major surprises, Matt. I think most of the names that of the players released were players that uh, you and I expected based on our projections. Uh, and then one positional unit, though, that I was happy to see was that the Bills are only keeping five cornerbacks. Now, they've done that in the past. The number alone doesn't stand out, but the Bills had three cornerbacks dealing with injuries recently. Levi Wallace, Dane Jackson, Taron Johnson. The fact that they're only starting out with five cornerbacks tells me that those three players must be getting pretty close to healthy if they are not already healthy as we approach week one. Yeah, so we're going to get into the cornerbacks here because I think that there's this it, – it's a topic that no matter how much we cover, Ryan, there is just a lot of passion in the fan base. And I'm actually going to ask Brandon Bean about this yet tomorrow when we get to the to the press conference at 12 o'clock before the final open practice here. All right, you guys are going with five cornerbacks. What's the deal here? Where is the confidence level come from? Because I don't feel that same confidence level within the fan base. But before we get to the cornerbacks, let's talk about some of the gymnastics that the Buffalo Bills did to get a couple young players onto the roster. So, you know, Tommy Sweeney is a guy that they didn't probably want to risk uh, hitting uh, waivers. He's not a vested veteran. Another team could have uh, claimed him, even though he's dealing with the foot issue. And then Marquez Stevenson making it as the seventh wide receiver. We both projected that uh, to happen based on what we saw in the preseason. And the Bills did that. To do that, they released Jacob Hollister, tight end, Reed Ferguson uh, as the long snapper, this is something that the Bills have shown a willingness to do in the past. And I think part of this is based on the culture that they've built. There's a relationship with a lot of players that really love being here. They've probably been in other situations where it hasn't maybe been as good as it is in the locker room here. So they're willing to maybe, you know, go through the process of getting cut and having to come back. They did it with Dean Marlowe and Audrey Roberts last year. I'm pretty sure this is a handshake deal. It's been reported already on Reed Ferguson. Shout out to my man, uh, Sal Capaccio. We were talking about it uh, right at the uh, buzzer here before we were about to go live. 
the bills are going to eat about a $300,000 cap hit um, on uh, a dead cap hit on Reed Ferguson, but they'll bring him because it's a post June first cut. They'll bring him back and probably give him a little bit more uh, money on a new three-year deal or whatever they end up uh, working out. Uh, And then Hollister signed a one-year deal. So they'll eat whatever that money was and they'll get him probably into a new deal as well. I would think who knows, maybe that they're okay with going in with just Sweeney and Dawson Knox. What are your thoughts on all of this, Ryan? Well, you know, the one thing that uh, Bill's fans did understand, I was very, really impressed on social media when they were saying, okay, these guys are vested veterans. They have the four accrued seasons. The Bills took two players in um, Hollister and in Reed Ferguson that didn't have giant dead cap hits. That's the only other thing. The Bills have a ton of vested veterans, but you have to look at the contracts, uh, structures, the amount of money that they're owed. You, you can't just cut anyone and, and everyone. You have to be smart about it. So the two players that they picked, that's money that a team can uh, responsibly eat, as you mentioned, and then kind of re-sign those players the next day. So, yeah, I'm sure – Reed Ferguson, Jacob Hollister, they're, they're waiting in the parking lot for those moves to be made official tomorrow, uh, and then they'll come back because the Bills have no shortage of players that could be put on that short-term IR. Remember, this year the NFL uh, says you can have an unlimited amount of players on the short-term IR, and that's missing three games. Once you miss three games, you're eligible to come back. So uh, Isaiah McKenzie, he was listed as somewhere between day-to-day and week-to-week. He may not need to be put on there. But if he did, then the Bills would have six wide receivers with the addition of Stevenson on this roster. Uh, we, we talked about Harrison Phillips. He's dealing with a knee issue. He, he's likely one of those candidates uh, to be put on the IR. Tommy Sweeney with the foot injury. So, you know, those are just a few of the players who have been banged up dealing with injuries. So realistically, um, those are guys that are going to get moved tomorrow. And then the Bills are going to have a few roster spots open up to either bring back their own but they could also look at some other vested veterans that are out there, sign them pretty quickly, or they could go through the waiver wire as well. So I, I put up on the screen here, I, I tweeted out a, a screenshot of a quick 53-man roster. Uh, so you can kind of get a look at where players are and uh, kind of kind of see some of the some of the moves that Brandon Bean made. And, you know, at cornerback, I've seen obviously a couple of people in here asking about Rashad Wild Goose. Uh, the other two uh, rookies, undrafted free agents, Elijah Griffin, Nick McLeod, all th- three of them were released. And this is something that we've covered in depth here over the last couple of weeks. And I think all three of them have, have had their struggles at times over the course of training camp in the preseason. Um, but I think this goes back to what we've seen since January, you know, from the start of free agency through the draft, through the spring. Brandon Bean believes in the three guys that they have Levi Wallace and Dane Jackson from, from the jump, it was going to be a competition for the cornerback two spot. And then there's belief in either of the, either of those guys to be the top backup cornerback behind the guy that wins the job. After that, we've seen it all preseason. Ryan Saran Neal has been playing everywhere. He absolutely looked the part of a solid depth cornerback In the preseason finale against Green Bay, he was all over the field. He's a strong tackler, which they like. They've spent a lot of time developing. I think that him, I think they trust him. I think they trust him too. And you can do a lot worse than Saran Neal is your fifth cornerback. Um, Listen, he's not expected to come in and and see a lot of playing time. He is better on the inside than on the outside. So if something were to happen to Taron Johnson, that's where he would likely go first uh, if given the opportunity. So, at the end of the day, though, you're right. These are players that they have developed. They've drafted a lot of these players. They've had them here for a few years. They know that Neil is a solid tackler, and they also know what he brings to the team on special teams. So, yeah, you look at that uh, roster, you look at that specific position, and I think the Bills are very confident, one, in the players that they have, but two, in the coaching that they have in, uh, in terms of working with those players in the secondary. Let's get to the big news of yesterday. We didn't do a podcast to react to the uh, the news that uh, Bam Johnson was traded for a six-round draft pick to the Carolina Panthers. Surprise, surprise, some player movement between Buffalo and uh, Carolina. I think we've all gotten used to that story at this point. But, you know, it's an interesting – you tweeted about it. I thought it was a great observation. Dan Morgan just went back to Carolina uh, in, in, a pers- uh, in a front office role spent a lot of time here in Buffalo and was part of the group that drafted Daryl Johnson, Bam Johnson, developed him over the last couple of years. And then, you know, he watched from Carolina this, this spring and summer, 
the the fruits of that labor as, as Bam Johnson took another step forward. And I want to get into this deal a little bit because obviously the Bills keep six defensive ends. We thought we projected it was going to be seven. It ends up being six. Uh, Jerry Hughes, Mario Addison, uh, Greg Rousseau, Boogie Basham, AJ Epinesa, and of course, Effie Obata, who comes over after five and a half sacks on a limited snap count last year in Carolina. I think they have big plans for him as well. This, this didn't surprise me necessarily. Um, I, I think that they had to make a move at that position just because as we've seen, they had to do two vested veteran moves where they're going to probably bring those guys back. The numbers game was a really difficult um balancing act for Brandon Bean this year and there just wasn't enough room and as good as Daryl Johnson Bam Johnson looked this preseason you got to kind of go back to 2022 Ryan and watch what he was able to do last year I thought player for player at this stage in their careers Obata is just simply better and I think that you could trust him in more situations whether you want to ask him to flip inside whether you want to ask him to rush on the outside as well I think he has more physical traits at this at this point in his career He's a little bit more physically imposing. So it wasn't a surprise. What was your impression? Yeah, you know, first and foremost, when it comes to Bam Johnson, someone said it best on Twitter. They said once that trade was made, the rest of that roster kind of fell into place. And in many ways, it did. It allowed the Bills to keep uh, one extra player in another position. So that might have been Tyrell Dodson at linebacker, for instance. But it just kind of it fixed the log jam and it made, you know, no shock that it was Carolina Panthers. Like you said, Dan Morgan, he was here. He saw Bam Johnson. He saw the player that he was not just as a developing defensive end, but also on special teams. And he said, this is someone that can help this roster. Now we could send the bills a sixth round pick, which is obviously a one round higher than where they had drafted Bam Johnson a few years ago. So kind of a win-win deal. And then when it comes to the defensive end room now in, in Buffalo, you're right. From one to six, all six of those guys are going to have roles on this team on any given week. Obviously, you have Hughes and Addison last year. Their deals, both of those veterans that are going to likely start the season as, as maybe your starters or maybe see uh, the majority of the snaps. But it's not going to take long for AJ Epinesa and Greg Rousseau to really start cutting into those numbers. Then you have Boogie Basham and F.A. Obata. Both guys can play on the end. Both guys can kick inside. Uh, I'm really interested to see the creativity that the Bills are using those scenarios. I mean, we saw a little bit of it in the preseason where they were kicking FAO Bada and uh, Basham on the inside. And we saw Ed Oliver actually play defensive end. So th there's going to be no shortage of creativity when it comes to the looks that they give opposing uh, offenses. So I'm really interested to see how that all works out. But you're right. At the end of the day, more upside in Obata, despite being a few years older than Bam Johnson. He's only been playing NFL or playing football in general for seven years. And he's already a guy that had five and a half sacks one year ago, picked up the game very quickly. I wrote about this last night before uh, going to bed at about 11 o'clock. Last night was my debut in the classroom, Ryan Talbot. Uh, it was a, uh, our big first class uh, uh, over at UB, and uh, it was a fun time. So I kind of had a, a little bit of, of a delay before I could really sink my teeth into the BAM trade and some of my final thoughts before the, um, you know, today's deadline. And I put out my final 53 last night on Twitter, just a, a quick, uh, you know, screen cap and explained a little bit of it in my story. You can read it over at Syracuse.com, NewYorkUpstate.com. And I projected that they were going to, after moving on from BAM, that was going to clear the way for Tyrell Dotson. And I think that this play completely out as I anticipated it, it would. I know there's a lot of people maybe on the fence about six cornerbacks, Rashad Wild Goose, but what we talked about earlier is I don't think Wild Goose did enough in the preseason to where the Bills would fear risking him um, it, it, uh, on waivers. Same type of deal with Jack Anderson. He was one of the earlier cuts from today. I've liked some of the things that I've seen from Jack Anderson, but as we've seen across the league, there are players that haven't made rosters that weren't as good as the Bills around the league. Um, we saw the the wide receiver in Tennessee that they drafted in the fourth mm. round this year that they cut Wild. Him. So I think that Tyrell Dotson does a lot of things. He can play every linebacker spot. He's continued. They're continuing to develop him in that role. But I think his main role is going to be on special teams. One of those guys that I think he uh, Farwell can rely on now that Bam Johnson's no longer in the equation. Yeah, and that's well said. And, you know, first and foremost with Rashad Wild Goose and some of these uh, rookies that didn't make the team, that's the way it goes in today's NFL. If you look, like you said, across the league today, there were quite a few day three picks that did not make their rosters. Now, mind you, those are the types of players that I think 
their own respective teams are going to try to get back onto their own practice squads. I don't know how many of those players are going to get uh, claimed on the waiver wire. It's going to come down to what kind of great opposing teams had for certain players uh, at certain spots. But I I think the Bills probably feel pretty good that, hey, we can probably get Rashad Wild Goose back on our practice squad. Same thing with with Anderson. And and, uh, it just kind of works out for the team in in that regard because this is a team that, that is playing for a Super Bowl this year. And in the next few years, that window's wide open. Long gone are the days of we have to keep every one of our draft picks on this roster because we're, we're rebuilding this. This roster is built. It is locked, loaded, and ready to go. So you can't uh, get rid of a player that you feel is more talented, maybe a little bit longer in the tooth for a rookie or someone that still has quite a bit of development. That's what the practice squad is for. The practice squads are expanded this year, just like they were last year. So you're talking uh, 16 players. Um, so th- they're going to have some young guys there that they're going to try to bring along that maybe can step up and play in season this year when the time comes, when that development takes place. Listen, I'm not going to do it because it would probably be embarrassing, but I see 700 people across all the platforms right now. It's got me feeling a, a certain kind of way. I kind of <laughs> want to do the Ric Flair where I go off the, the, the back rope and just start getting pumped up because this is super awesome. I mean, you guys all over Facebook, um, Twitter, of course, but YouTube fam, like you guys are bringing it right now. Smash that like button, hit that subscribe button. If this is the first time you're in the channel, we are your number one trusted source that if something happens we will be live shortly after sometimes you gotta wait a little you gotta write a little bit too but we appreciate everybody in here you guys are uh killing it in the comments as always and tops friendly markets is the official sponsor of the shout bills podcast spend more time enjoying everything that summer has to offer and less time worrying about getting to the store with tops pickup and delivery shop for your groceries online choose pickup or delivery and tops will bring the groceries right to you visit topsmarkets.com to get started. All right, let's get to the quarterbacks. This is something that no matter how much we talked about the potential plan, I still think people, um, you know, they wanted, some people wanted three quarterbacks in the end. And I get it. Like, you know, you never know what's going to happen in, in, in a given season. If Josh does the, go down, if you really like Jake Fromm, I get the, um, why you think that. But I thought from the start, when we, when, and definitely in the Chicago uh, preseason game, once Mitch Trubisky showed what he can do in this offense, it was always going to be the two quarterbacks. Listen, you got a former second round pick as your backup and you have a roster as deep as the one that they have with as much talent as they have at so many different positions. You go in with two, two quarterbacks and you take your chances. If another team wants to throw a dart at the board and pick up Jake Fromm, in my opinion, that's what they did. Yeah, absolutely. You and I both were projecting two for quite a while at the corner uh, quarterback position. And, and listen, Jake Fromm and Davis Webb both um, could end up on this practice squad. But Fromm specifically, it, it felt a little bit like the Bills were almost showcasing him in that third preseason game. Maybe they were trying to see if there was any interest out there in him. Uh, but there's still not a lot of NFL tape on Fromm. If you if you end up claiming Fromm, you, you're thinking that you're, you're getting the guy that you saw uh, at Georgia, you're getting someone that you can bring in and develop it. And there's a few teams across the league that might seriously give some consideration. Uh, Atlanta, they just re- they have Josh Rosen on their 53-man roster after just signing him within the week. Felipe Franks, a rookie on that roster. If they like uh, Fromm better than either one of those guys, they could easily switch them out. So it's not a guarantee that Fromm is going to make it to Buffalo's practice squad. But these are the risks that you have to be w- willing to take. The scenario where Fromm would actually see playing time this year, it's its a stretch. Injuries happen in the NFL, do not get me wrong, but it's very seldom are you going to need to count on your number three quarterback to come in and play meaningful reps. So the Bills are saying we feel really good about Josh Allen, obviously. I mean, you look at that contract. They believe that they have that guy that can bring them multiple Super Bowls. And then, like you said, Trubisky, former number two overall pick, that's one of the best quarterback rooms in the league just with those two players alone. Yeah. And on the Davis web front, um, you know, I I think what we saw over the course of this preseason for as good as he is in the room. And I, I, I do think that maybe given different circumstances, he probably could have, you know, had a different story in the league a little bit, but I think for me, he lands back on the practice squad. He's too important. He wants to be here. He wants to stay connected to Brian Dable and 
um, you know, Ken Dorsey and obviously Josh Allen. So I expect him to be back in that role. Wide receiver, they, they might have been able to go to vested veteran route with Taiwan Jones. They opt not to. They bring back all three uh, running backs that were in the mix. And this is not a surprise in my eyes. I know that there's there seems to be some some people that don't really envision how this is going to work with the three of them from a week to week perspective. But I continue to believe this is going to be a matchup oriented decision. And it's going to be about who has the best week of practice. You know, I I saw today Zach Moss tweet out, you know, I got to step it up or uh, let me look actually uh, and see exactly what he said, because it came right after right around the time roster cutdown was going to, I got to go even harder. Uh, He tweeted uh, faith over fear. And so, I mean, he's calling himself out a little bit there. And I think he realizes that he's in a backfield, a very crowded backfield with a lot of talent. And if if you don't have a good week of practice, you're probably going to watch the other two guys in that of that three-headed monster, you know, go into a game and try to, to do what they can with the running back reps that are available to them. Yeah, and you have to wonder with that quote from Moss, if he's also uh, talking a little bit about that injuries that he's coming off of. When you come off of a serious injury, I think that there's just as much of a mental aspect in terms of the hurdles that you have to overcome as much as there are physical aspects that you have to overcome. So I, I think maybe he realizes, okay, listen, I've been playing, I've been doing fine. Now I've got to take that next gear. I have to show that I can make these cuts. I can do a lot of the things that uh, that can make me a better back in this league and for this team, because you're right. It, it's a week by week lineup for the bills in terms of who's going to be the hot hand, who's going to get the bulk of the carries. We saw Devin Singletary though, this preseason really flash and, and look a lot like the guy that we saw as a rookie who ended up with over five yards per carry. He did look more explosive. He did add some muscle into his frame and it showed in his play. Matt Breida, Brita is there for speed. He, he's likely going to be on the field for those screen passes and uh, to be an extra receiving option, but you can still utilize him as a runner. He's had some success in this league. Injuries obviously ha- have hurt him a little bit here in his career, but he can factor in too. So that's your three-headed monster at running back. Obviously, Taiwan Jones makes it, but that is solely for special teams. And then uh, se- separate position technically, but Reggie Gilliam, the fullback, he's going to play a big role in this run game when he's in, in the lineup in the backfield because he's going to be paving the way. We actually saw in the preseason how he paved uh, a big lane for Moss on one of those preseason runs that went down to about the one-yard line. So this running game is going to look a little bit different this year because they, they have those three backs alone, but I think they're really going to utilize the fullback a little bit more as well. YouTube, um, you're absolutely killing it right now. We got almost 650 watching live. I need you to smash that like button if you haven't already. It's right down below. So if you're new to YouTube, I get it. Sometimes you got to kind of figure out, you know, the navigation and everything. There's a little thumbs up and a thumbs down. Two people hit the thumbs down. Shame on you. I was just watching uh, one of the uh, season five episodes of uh, Game of Thrones the other day. So shame is uh, running through my head. Um, Back to the uh, quarterbacks just for a brief moment. Um, Somebody said they're worried about Fromm because of the potential of Mitchell Trubisky moving on next year. This is very likely a one-year deal uh, for him in Buffalo. Listen, they have now two sixths, potentially two sevenths, depending on the conditions of the Lee Smith trade. They can move up if they want to get a quarterback even as high in the fourth round, a developmental player. I like Jake Fromm. I think he's done some nice things. I've actually been more impressed with him actually getting a chance to watch him in games, hearing how people talk about him in the building. But it's one of those things where you're in a Super Bowl window. We talked about this. You're trying to win right now, and you're trying to stockpile talent at very important positions. This defensive line has to be better this year, Ryan. There's no way around it. Somehow, some way. You know, people, you know, mis- misinterpreted our conversation from the other day. We try to t- get a conversation going and people start tweeting out that I'm that I'm suggesting they trade Jerry Hughes. Go back and listen to it. I went back and listened to it twice. That's not what I said. I said, is it something that might be considered if the right deal were to come along? Probably. But we we literally definitively said that's not what we were suggesting. So make sure you listen to the details before you start tweeting out stuff, but that's a whole nother side story. This defensive line has to be better than it was a year ago. They brought in numbers. They have star back. They, they're going to bring edge rushers in waves and 
the rotations are going to be cycled through by Eric Washington, who has a better grasp of this defense another year in with Leslie working with Leslie Frazier and this coaching staff. So it's more important to keep 11 defensive linemen than it is to keep a third quarterback. Yeah, absolutely. And again, one last thing on the third quarterback discussion. Not only can the Bills draft another quarterback next year, a developmental guy, there's free agency. There's a ton of veterans that are always sitting there in that third wave of free agency that you could bring in and you could feel confident as that number two because they have NFL experience. So don't worry about the quarterback position. The Bills are in good shape this year. They'll be in fine shape next year. There'll be a lot of players that will want to come to Buffalo, even if Brian Dable gets a head coaching job. There's going to be people that want to work with Josh Allen. There's going to be people that want to work with Ken Dorsey. So, and the list goes on and on. So, don't worry about that. Defensive line, they're they're locked and loaded. They're, they're stacked. Six defensive ends, five defensive tackles. Obviously, Harrison Phillips is in play to be someone that's moved to the short term IR based on his knee injury. But eleven defensive linemen. You said it, Matt. Sean McDermott and this coaching staff, they like to go in waves with their pass rushes with their defensive line. They like to rotate pieces. He has never had a deeper defensive line in Buffalo than he has this year, both at defensive end and defensive tackle. So you're going to have guys coming in throughout this game that are fresh. And that can be very dangerous for those opposing offenses because uh, maybe you don't have your best pass rusher in in the third quarter, but they're going against a tired left tackle, right tackle that's been playing every snap. Those speed rushes around the end might work. Those power rushes might work. So they're going to use that rotation, keep as many guys fresh and healthy as possible throughout the year because, listen, the end game here is is obviously to win the AFC East and to get the number one seed, but it's to advance all the way to the Super Bowl. Having depth and having numbers like this in your front is going to help you get to that end game. We got to get to uh, these wide receivers because keeping seven wide receivers is different. Um, it hits a little bit different, but there's some details to it that I want to get into. But before we do, I saw one of the most I, – I, I'm pretty sure since the, the announcements uh, or the roster announcement came out, I tweeted one, two, three, four, five, five big updates from my first impression – and which one do you think got the most engagement? A couple of the tweets had multiple players in there, multiple nuggets in there. But the one tweet that got the most engagement, the Buffalo Bills have released offensive tackle Bobby Hart. We told you it was coming. They needed the numbers. They keep Spencer Brown, the rookies, Tommy Doyle and Spencer Brown, the nine offensive linemen like we thought that they would. Impressions. Of moving on from him, Jack Anderson, who I think is going to be a priority practice squad uh, addition. Yeah, you know, first and foremost, like you said, we, we were just kind of waiting for it to happen. A lot of Bills fans were getting impatient throughout the day, especially when it became 4 o'clock and 4.15 and 4.30, and there had been no news on Bobby Hart specifically as they were waiting for that roster. And did he make it? Are they just kind of having him there as a holdover until the waivers or until they can sign someone else? Well, no, listen, that's part of this process. The, the Bills needed someone throughout the preseason because – Dan Dawkins missed some time. You need some players to go into the third and fourth quarter. And yeah, he was, he was very, very bad at his job in this preseason, but you and I did not think there was ever any chance of him making this final roster. And sure enough, that was not the case. Nine uh, offensive linemen. That's the discussion we've had. You're going to start Spencer Brown as your swing tackle, you know, barring that he is healthy. He, he was dealing with a little minor injury as well. I would like to think that he'll be ready to go for week one. If not, you you have some other options where you don't have to go to, to Tommy Doyle. If Ryan Bates is healthy, again, he suffered an injury in that last preseason game. He has the versatility to play across the entire offensive line. He can be a swing tackle of, of sorts. And there's still going to be some other players that were let go across the league today uh, that the Bills might have some level of interest in as well. So never say never there. There, there could be someone still brought in to be factored into the equation. But Hart's no surprise. Anderson, definitely a practice squad priority, um, you, you know, and you could say you, you could look up and down that list. I'll say another name. Uh, they liked Jordan Devy last year on the practice squad. I know he wasn't great in training camp or the preseason. He's someone they could probably bring back on and sneak onto that practice squad with relative ease. Uh, Douglas, I'm not sure uh, in terms of being able to get him back onto their practice squad. I think a lot of teams across the league do like players with experience. 
he just never really clicked here in Buffalo this season, this off season. So, but he's another guy too. They're going to go with nine. I guarantee there'll be a few of those 16 practice squad spots though with offensive linemen, because you know, you're just one injury away from needing someone to step up and you want to have some players on that uh, practice squad who have experience and that you have some kind of confidence and faith in. Yeah. And I think what the hope is, is that this starting five gets a real honest look at some, continuity and a couple games together to actually so we could finally land at a place where we can have an evaluation a, a honest evaluation of Cody Ford who I think is going to be the starting right guard for this team I mean I'm projecting it we're going to do a game by game uh schedule prediction here this week we got a lot of plans for the next uh week and a half before we get to the opener but that's one of the things I'm lo- really looking at and watch closely is how this offensive line looks together and I think that the depth here because of the um, um, the versatility of Orion Bates. I, I just saw a comment. I'm going to talk about that in a second. Uh, great, uh, great topic, Justin Phillips. Um, they can do a lot of things with him, and so they didn't need to to keep the same kind of numbers. Honestly, I thought that they could have probably gotten away with eight. But I think the issue was that Tommy Doyle is a guy that you just drafted in the fifth round. He's somebody that you're is is kind of a building block at this point. Now you're going to spend some time over the next couple of years developing him. And a guy like that with those kind of measurables, even though he lasted to the fifth round, you take a real chance if you caught him um, and you can, and somebody else probably is going to pick him up just to take a flyer on it. One of the bad teams that want to try to develop, you know, at the time. Cleveland was was an ascending team. They weren't they weren't uh, an a upper tier team yet, and they took a flyer. They traded for Wyatt Teller, and look what happened with them. And that was another fifth round pick that's turned into a really good player. So that can happen in this league, even if a guy's not performing to where you want when when you're at it. YouTube, you guys are killing it. I think we're, we're over seven hundred, Ryan, on YouTube. It's this wild. is a record. This is a record breaking edition of Shout, a Buffalo Bills football podcast. Smash that like button. You guys are doing it. If you're new here, welcome. This is a very um, embracing family environment. Hit the comment section. Uh, talk about your Bills takes. And everybody in there is super informed and uh, super um, welcoming. Uh, hit that subscribe button. Every time we go live, it'll give you a notification. So you can pop in here on your phone, on your computer, or up on your TV screen. That's my favorite. Ryan, I have an awesome picture. Oh, my gosh. I got to get this up on here before we move on any further. There's a couple things I want to talk about. While I find this picture, we're going to talk about wide receivers in a minute. Impressions of John Brown getting released today by the uh, Las Vegas Raiders. Yeah, you know, the story is that he he did ask for his release. But even before he asked for the release and it was granted, he was someone that some of the beat reporters in Las Vegas were saying, this guy is firmly on the bubble. And it just kind of shows you how quickly things can change for a player in this league. When he was first in Buffalo, he was their number one wide receiver over a thousand yards last year. He was meant to be their number two behind Stefan Diggs, And he ends up getting injured and the bills end up parting ways with him. And I know it ended a little bit messy on, on both ends there, at least from uh, what social media portrayed at least. So he goes to the Raiders and a lot of fans are thinking, Oh, this guy's going to help them quite a bit. And, he can't crack that roster. And listen, there's some young talent there in Henry Ruggs and Brian Edwards. I'm a huge Brian Edwards guy. I, I remember a few years ago when he was in the draft, I was pounding the table for Brian Edwards. They have a uh, Bill's fan favorite Zay Jones there and a few others. Um, so the fact though that he could not crack that roster is, is quite telling. Yes, he asked for the release, but at the same time, I think it was going to happen one way or the other. It'll be interesting to see what his ne- next step is. There has been some uh, some members in the media saying that maybe the Bills would add him to their practice squad. I think he's going to land a, a roster spot somewhere, at least be able to go in and compete for a roster spot somewhere. He, he still is uh, just a few years removed from being a, a key part to this Bills offense. So, But it will be interesting to see where he lands, if it's with a contender, if it's somewhere uh, back in the AFC East, you know, time will tell. But I, I don't think John Brown has played his last NFL snap by any stretch of the imagination. You know, where's a sneaky spot I think he could end up that I think Bills fans would hate? Where's that? The Pittsburgh Steelers before week one. And coming in prop, and he's the type of player that could probably play right away. Um, I saw Joe Biscaglia tweeted out that, you know, a practice squad spot with the Bills probably would be, you know, to a degree appealing to John Brown. So, I mean, anything's possible. We'll see what happens, but I, I think the Bills have 
a lot of depth at wide receiver. We could talk about that depth right now. You reported it uh, earlier today. Jake Kumaro uh, on the 53-man roster, as we expected. Marquez Stevenson makes the 53. He was just too talented, showed too much in the preseason to risk it. So the Bills go in very non-traditionally. Not a lot of teams do it. And I remember when I put on my seven-man and somebody on Facebook, I'm – Oh, that's a great reminder. I got to go back in the <laughs> Facebook comments and do a, I told you so to some guy, some Joseph or something was just banging the drum in my face. Who keeps seven wide receivers? And when's the last time anybody kept five cornerbacks? Mm-hmm. I'm going to actually share this little video clip right in the Facebook. I got I got this picture. I got to bring it up in a second, but I'm not surprised. I, I think that they're, they're going to take some, they're probably going to mix it up a little bit. I would imagine with what they want to do at kick and punt returner, like maybe they'll have Isaiah McKenzie do kick returns if he's healthy and maybe try Marquez Stevenson doing some punt returns. We'll see. Um, but I think that they just wanted to get him through. Don't take a chance. And then, you know, they can figure it out from there. He left uh, the preseason finale with an injury. So we'll see if he's even ready to go. Maybe a short-term IR trip is in his future. Maybe this ends up being a redshirt year if they want to put him on IR, a lot like what they did with Isaiah Hodgins, who the team obviously released. Your impressions of that? Yeah, first and foremost with Stevenson. Like you said, he showed too much this preseason with the long reception, the first preseason game, the 79-yard punt return in the second. There was just a little bit too much good tape out there on him, and teams are always looking for speed at receiver. And even if he is developmental, he has the speed at wide receiver. He has the return ability uh, from his college days. So there was a lot there to like. No surprise that the Bills brought him along here on their main roster. He could be, if I were to guess, if he is healthy, he's probably inactive early on in the year for quite a few of the weeks. Uh, they'll roll at the sixth. Kumaro brings a lot more to the table, especially from that special team standpoint, uh, the blocking standpoint, what he can do there as well. So, um, But it's smart to keep seven just based on the talent that you have there, the fact that the Bills are, are so pass-heavy. And, and then in terms of Isaiah Hodgins, just an unfortunate you know, case of bad luck almost because he had a really nice spring. He really did. He was working on his game. He, he was trying to show that he could be a difference maker for this team. I remember Stefan Diggs saying he was showing us clips of his workouts. And it's like, you know, looks good here. You just have to bring that over to the field. And unfortunately for him, he suffered an injury. It took him out from a lot of training camp in the preseason. And at the end of the day, Originally, Matt, you and I were talking about him versus Jake Kumara. Well, Jake Kumara lapped him, and then Stevenson passed him as well. There was just never a spot for Hodgins. Now, if he clears waivers, do I think that he is a prime candidate for the practice squad? Absolutely. Um, they reportedly want Tanner Gentry on the practice squad, but I could see Isaiah Hodgins there as well. Sorry, um, I was listening to everything you were saying, but I'm scrolling through <laughs> Facebook because i got to find that post. Listen, I'm not above... Just- I'm not above just doing a little bit of celebration. You listen, you know, this is my fourth year on the B. I think his joke was, you get paid to do this. That's what he said on the comments. Yeah. And I told him I just got a raise. How do you like them apples? And so, uh, yeah, I, I like to mix it up with people in the comments sometimes. It's fun. But listen, PSA, stay off Facebook for as much as you can. It can get real dangerous in those comments sometimes too. So you, you want to avoid that at all costs. So many people watching right now. So many likes. We appreciate that. We're getting after it. The Bills announced their uh, 53-man, their initial 53-man roster that will likely change in the coming days. Um, yes, I'm very petty at times, Apex. Uh, <laughs> so that's a great observation on your part. Um, I reported earlier today that Cam Lewis was not going to be on the 53-man roster. I thought that he was likely going to be that guy on the bubble that was the odd man out. I want to get your thoughts on him not making the roster and where he is in all this. I do think that there's going to be considerable interest in him uh, once he hits that waiver wire. I know the Bills have kept him on the practice squad the last couple of years, and that would probably continue uh, if the Bills can get him there. I think that that's the, probably the goal. I think this is going to be a little bit harder to get him there this time around. Yeah, there's no guarantee. I still I, I still think at the end of the day there's a, there's a solid chance he ends up uh, clearing waivers and going back to Buffalo's practice squad. But he has two starts under his belt. He was going to take over – uh, the slot starting job from Taron Johnson at one point last year when he suffered an injury early on in that game. I want to say it was against Tennessee. So he has the talent, and, and any teams across the league that were paying attention to that will, will know that, hey, here's someone that was 
uh, going to be given a, a very prominent job in Buffalo's defense one year ago. He, he's he been developed on the practice squad for a few years now, so he, he's been in a system. He's shown that he's an NFL caliber player. But at the end of the day, the Bills just probably kept 5-1 because they felt like those three injured cornerbacks, first and foremost, were on the right side of being able to play come week one and being closer to 100% healthy. And, and two, unfortunately for Lewis, I don't think he made the, the greatest impression in that last preseason game uh, against Green Bay. He struggled a little bit covering some of those uh, Packers backups. They didn't play any of their starters. There was the one play who was turned around for about a 25-yard uh, gain. So sometimes your your final impression goes a long way in terms of making a roster. I still think that the Bills really like him. I still think that they want to bring him uh, onto their practice squad and to con- continue to develop him. And if they do that, it wouldn't shock me if at some point this year he is signed to the main roster. Mm-hmm. Um, trying to scan some questions. Uh, a lot of comments here on YouTube. Thank you so much. If we missed a question that you had or something else that you want us to get into, please uh, put them in the comments section right now and we will get into it. I'm new on here. And at first glance, I thought the guy on the right was the big show. You were Ric Flair. So I'll be the big show. I'll, I'll do the choke slam. What's funny is I was going to do like the off the ropes over here because like, you know, back, but this is fresh uh, drywall. We just redid the basement. (laughs) Could you imagine me telling my wife that I just busted up the drywall because I was trying to do a Ric Flair down here? I would have loved to have been there if that would have that conversation would have taken place. That's for sure. Okay. Um, Elliot uh, Eisler asks anybody you think we would target that was um, from other teams today. Uh, Great question. Uh, Ryan, do you have anybody off the top of your list? I do think, uh, you know, there's probably, I, I still think, even though I think the bills are set at cornerback, I do think that they're going to take a long, hard look. They've been evaluating a lot of guys throughout the preseason. They, they said as much the last couple of weeks that I think that they're going to probably take a look at all of the guys that have been cut uh, across the league at that position and just see if anything makes sense. I think that they're fine going into the season with what they have. I don't think that that is something they're worried about, but if you're talking about improving, if there is a upgradable piece, um, out there maybe but i still think that they're just okay with having five corners too yeah the one player that jumped out to me and again i have to wait and see what his injury is because he was waved slash injured was tyrell crosby an offensive tackle in detroit detroit making some really weird roster moves depend you know especially where they are as a roster getting rid of brashad perriman where i thought that that was not one of the greatest wide receiver rooms already and not that perriman's a world beater but they get rid of him they don't have a kicker right now they got rid of both of their kickers uh and then crosby was a starter one year ago now mind you if it's a significant injury then the bills are going to be out on him as as is every other team but if, if he is healthy or going to be healthy in the near future I think that's a play the Bills could kick the tires on because as much as they like Spencer Brown, um, as much as they, you know Tommy Doyle, they, they believe in him in terms of the athletic traits, it wouldn't hurt to bring on someone as a uh, veteran option waiting in the wings if you need them because of that starting experience that he has. And he wasn't terrible. He, w- he was not an all-pro by any stretch of the imagination, a Pro Bowl-type player, but he was more than capable when he was out there on the field at times. And I think that he would be a welcome addition to that offensive line, depending on the status of his health. Uh, seen some stuff in the comments. You guys are great. Um, so I saw a question earlier in this chat about Vernon Butler. And I think we get, we can talk about that uh, while we're here. Make sure you hit that like button. If you're just getting in here in the room now, we've been going uh, about 40 minutes. We'll probably go a few more before I got to get to my um, uh, my observations uh, article, which will be up on the site probably about 30, 40 minutes after we get out of here. Um, Vernon Butler is a good question because I think he's been, when he's been on the field, he's just been fine. He hasn't been super noticeable. Uh, the availability piece, I think, is always a question mark with Vernon Butler going back to Carolina. Uh, you know, he's dealt with injuries. Yeah. He didn't show up for most of the off season program. Uh, I think it comes down to Ryan. It was about, I think, you know, in a situation, I don't have any inside information on this, but I am curious if Harrison Phillips doesn't suffer that injury where they are right now, if, if maybe they do consider releasing Vernon Butler and keeping that for 
together. I think Burton Butler being on this roster is kind of like a protection against if Harrison Phillips, if that injury is a little bit more serious than maybe we think right now. Yeah, I, I think that's a, a fair assumption. And yeah, they would have had to eat a little bit more money if they would have released Vernon Butler. But he didn't really do much in his first season in Buffalo. He had a few moments late in the year where I thought, okay, maybe this guy's coming on. It just never happened. And, and when you look at the defensive tackle room, he's obviously behind Star and Ed. And I thought Harrison Phillips was outplaying him this summer before the knee injury. I think that Justin Zimmer, obviously a little bit different of a skill set, a little bit smaller, undersized guy, but he brings more to the table as well. So it very well could have been Vernon Butler being the odd man out in that room had they all been healthy. Now, I think we're both expecting Harrison Phillips to possibly be put on the IR. So this gives them that fourth defensive tackle for at least three weeks. And then when Phillips is healthy, the Bills can kind of revisit that conversation and decide, is this the move that we want to make? Because I'm not sure they're going to carry five defensive tackles throughout the season when it's all said and done. They, they want some numbers, they want some depth there, but you can also get a defensive tackle or two on your practice squad, whether it's a Brendan Bryant uh, who was released today or someone from across the league. I think the Bills... We'll, we'll bring back a lot of their own guys to the practice squad, but they're also going to try to pick a few players uh, from other rosters that they've maybe seen some film on that they were high on during the draft process but just couldn't pick them, whether it be this year, last year, or the year before that, um, and, and just kind of mix things up a little bit. So it's going to be a really interesting blend of their own and then I think some talent from outside the organization. Before we get out of here, Ryan, I think this could be a fun exercise. Uh, I'm just thinking of this on the spot here. Let's go. You start, and then I'll take it. Who is your number one priority to get back to the practice squad based on all the cuts that have taken place? Based on all the cuts that have taken place today. Boy, that's, you know, I'm going to go, I think it might be a little bit surprising, Josh Thomas, because the Bills are loaded at safety. Uh, I Obviously, they have one of the best duos in the league in, in Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer. But I think there's a lot to like about Josh Thomas based on what we saw in the preseason, based on how great he looked, especially in run defense. Mm -hmm. And this was a player that was an undrafted free agent signing last year. So he didn't he had a very unorthodox rookie year uh, as well. So to see the development that he's made in Buffalo from last year to now was really impressive in my book. And and unfortunately for him, they draft Amar Hamlin. Hamlin was also uh, very good, had some tackling issues, but he was also very good this preseason. They like Jaquan Johnson. He's been in the system for a few years. It was just simply a numbers game. So of all those players released, Josh Thomas would be very high on my priorities to bring back to that practice squad, if not number one. Yeah. And I'm not obviously talking about uh, Jacob Hollister and Reed Ferguson, who, you know, probably folk, both fall in that vested uh, veteran bucket that we were talking about at the start of the show. Talking more about like developmental guys that you want to get back in your system. And, you know, I'm going to go with two. One, one is the priority, no doubt about it. For me, it's Rashad Wild Goose. I think that he is a guy that you just spent a six-round draft pick on. I think he's a pretty good – was it a seventh-round draft pick, actually? Was it six or seven? I, I want to say they, six because seven was Anderson. How many sevenths did they have? They had the one. So I think Wild Goose. Jack Anderson was a seventh. So Okay. Okay. So then there we go. Look at that. Process of elimination. Very good, Ryan. Uh, I, I think they want to get Wild Goose back in the mix. Um, I, I There was a, enough that I saw that I really liked. I thought that there were some days where I, fe- I felt like it was too big for him in training camp. And it reminded me a lot. Yeah, he's the six-round pick, uh, 213. Um, it reminded me a lot of what happened with Dane Jackson in his rookie year, to be honest with you. And I think that there's some physical traits that the way that the way that he plays the game, even more than the traits, like it's, it's a mindset a little bit. He'll, he's not afraid to, to get his helmet in there. I mean, he reminds me of a lot of maybe what you saw of Saran Neal early on in his career, but I think he might have more of, you know, the quickness, the speed, the feet. Uh, to add in there and be a little bit more dynamic on the outside. Uh, we'll see, but I, I think you want to get wild goes goose back in the mix. I also think if it works out, wouldn't it be something to get Joe Giles Harris back on the practice mm-hmm. squad? This is a guy that it just was simply a numbers game. I mean, he was not going to pass Tyrell Dotson, who's been now a third year in this system. Um, obviously the Andre Smith, the summer that he has had absolutely killed it. Joe Giles Harris though. I mean, He's he's a guy that has a nose for the football from the from the second level. He created turnovers throughout the summer. I think that they like that he plays fast, he plays instinctual, and he's a guy that 
had a good year in Jacksonville last year. Everybody, everything that anybody said about him was really good. I think they'd love to get him back in the mix. Yeah, that's a, that's a great call. And even though the Bills only use two linebackers primarily in in their base defense now, uh, they're going to do some four three looks at times. And there's going to be there could be an injury that arises throughout the season. And yeah, having a Joe Giles Harris on your practice squad uh, is would be huge for them because someone that's been in the system from the spring and in the summer, someone that you said made some plays for the Bills made some plays in Jacksonville last year. So. When the when those opportunities have been presented to him, he's been a playmaker. He he's looked the part, so he is definitely someone I think the Bills could really like. And you said it, Wild Goose, uh, really good athlete, a lot of closing speed, someone that can make up if he if he does get uh, beaten on a play, he can make up ground. So he's someone else that I think they would like to develop and bring along as well. So we'll be back tomorrow. Uh, we might have a guest. Uh, I I gotta kind of put some things together. I'm not quite sure yet. At the very least, it may be um, we'll have Sarah Holland um, mm. at least in pr- a producer role tomorrow. I don't want to do too much too fast for her, uh, but she's going to be a great addition to the show. She's going to really help, you know, with all these numbers all of a sudden, folks, which has been great. We need somebody to kind of uh, man the chat rooms. Sometimes we'll get into our conversation. It's And I don't want to miss anything. I want to make sure all the best comments and questions we can bring into the show. We'll, we'll get you guys on screen a little bit more. All that kind of stuff. I'm really excited about it. All right. So a couple things before we get out of here. Hit that like button before you go. Subscribe as well. Notifications. You're going to want them. Uh, we're brought to you by Tops Friendly Markets. Uh, Tops loves local. Tops is proud to partner with over 200 local growers to supply Tops with their freshest homegrown fruits and vegetables. Produce pick this morning. Be on your table tonight. Tomorrow's an open practice, Ryan, at the facility. So we might have to do another post-practice show. Get those juices going one last time before we get into a game week. Bills and Pittsburgh Steelers. Final thought, Ryan Talbot, before we get out of here. Final thought, you know, Buffalo's initial 53-man roster is not a final roster, Bills Mafia. Unfortunately, there's going to be some players that were told they were on the roster today that could very well be off of it by the end of the week. There's going to be some players that get moved to the IR and some players that get re-signed. So even though their their roster is currently set at 53, there's still a lot of work to be done here, and the Bills are going to be making some moves in the next few days, there's no doubt in my mind. Bills Mafia, you crushed it tonight. Thank you so much for your support. Uh, Hit that like button, like I mentioned. Subscribe as well. We'll be back tomorrow. Get some sleep. It was a long day. A lot of refreshing on social media. I know you guys had the F5 button going on the Twitter timeline. So we appreciate you. Thank you for following all of our coverage. Syracuse.com, NewYorkUpstate.com. We'll have you covered. Until the next time we see you tomorrow night. Take care, everyone.